social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Hey Jen. Hello. I have a question for you. Okay. How many group texts do you think you get in one day? Oh, God. The limit does not exist. (laughs) Yesterday, I looked at my phone and I had 94 text messages to respond to, but I never look during the day because I'm busy and I'm in meetings and then there's so much to catch up on when I come back. Yeah, you're already answering emails and Slack messages. I don't have time for the group texts sometimes. Well, Apple is rolling out in a new iOS the ability to set an away message when your phone is on do not disturb. Yeah, I'm using away message in air quotes here. It'll send a notification so you know where people are at at the time of you sending the message. Okay. Are they in sleep mode? Are they on do not disturb? Got it. So it's not quite customizable. Yet. Yet. I just love it. I do too because then you don't have to worry if someone's not texting you back. They're just... I've always said that I wanted an away message for text messaging. I always have. Yeah. Well, you're getting it. They answered my prayers. Thanks, Apple. (laughs) So not a group text, but another form of group chatting and group messaging. I want to talk about IRL. Mm. It's a new social network taking on Facebook groups. And the CEO says, we're building Facebook groups and events for the generation that doesn't use Facebook. Wow. So they're referencing Facebook as just like a comparison here. So a lot of people still hold on to their Facebooks because they're in these groups or they want to know when upcoming events are, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't really use Facebook to scroll, but I'm in some groups that I want to stay part of. Yeah, understood. So this is like a standalone app that's just for groups and events. Amazing. Some colleges and universities have like set up the EDU emails um, to promote campus events. And eventually, uh, IRL also plans to let brands promote events on the main discovery page. And the reason it's timely and in the news right now is um, there was just a big investment in a round of funding. And now IRL is valued at roughly $1 billion. Oh, wow. That happened fast. Yes. Well, it's actually been around for two years. Interesting. Um, but they're betting on post-pandemic world opening up that people want to attend events again. Interesting. I'm intrigued. I'm going to have to check it out. I think the name is super clever. Me too. For those who don't know, the likable conference rooms used to be named different uh, acronyms like this. Yes. IRL, BTW, OMG. It got confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Something else I've been waiting for for a while is the ability to scrub through TikTok videos. Like to fast forward. Of course. I don't have the patience to watch full videos sometimes. Yeah, but sometimes I get like 30, 40 seconds in and I'm like, I've come so far, I have to finish it up. Okay, that's fair. However, Ben Hughes, at obviously Ben on Twitter, has teased that they are updating the app to allow users to scrub through videos. So being able to move forward and in reverse on the videos that you're watching. I like the reverse because sometimes I miss things and I'm like, oh, I want to see that again, but I don't want to watch the whole video again. Mm -hmm. That would honestly be a dream come true for me. That's so funny you said that (laughs) (laughs) because we talk about a literal dream come true today with our guest. Ooh, look at you. (laughs) So today we talked to Beatrice Dixon, who is the co-founder and CEO of The Honeypot Company. For those unfamiliar, The Honeypot offers healthy alternatives to traditional feminine care products. The conversation we have with Bee is so inspirational and I loved hearing her vision come to life. Let's get into it. Hi Bee, welcome to all the social ladies. We're happy to have you. I'm happy to be here, thank you. 
We start every episode with a social media speed round, so we'll ask you a couple rapid-fire questions and try to answer as quickly as possible. I'll try to do my best. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> what is your favorite social network? Ooh, this is a hard one because I'm not very much into social media, if I'm honest. <laughs> Honestly, it's the real deal. I yeah, love it. <laughs> I, um, for business, Instagram. Nice. Okay. Do you pronounce it GIF or JIF? GIF. What Instagram ad can you not get rid of? I, I could not tell you that, ladies. Because <laughs> I don't... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good problem to have. That's a good yeah, problem to have. I, I wish I wasn't followed by random ads every day. What about your go-to emoji? Uh, my go-to emoji is my heart emoji. Yes, classic. And last but not least, what was your first screen name? If you had one, of course. It was... I think it was like... I am B. Espada, but I went through a divorce and now it is I am B. Dixon because I'm back to my maiden name. Love, Love it. it. So let us get into the story. We know that you have brought a literal dream to life with your company. And Which I'm we love, by the way. Yes, and I'm sure you've told this story many times, but tell us about the origin of the honeypot. Yeah, I mean, I had an almost year-long bacterial vaginosis infection. And everything that you can think of, I tried, right? I, I did everything that you can do on Google, meaning mm -hmm. that I was Googling what other people were doing and I was just trying it, which is not advisable. <laughs> I was on forums. I was going to the doctor. I was taking medicine. I was sad. I was happy. I was depressed. I was, you know, it was crazy. It was like a roller coaster ride. And nothing that I was doing was working. And one really fine morning, I had a very vivid dream with my grandmother. And in the dream, we were just sitting down at a table talking. And she told me that she had, you know, literally she handed me a piece of paper and told me that this was going to solve my problem. Wow. And so I looked at the paper and it was just a list of ingredients. And in the dream, I'm trying to talk to her because I've never really met my grandmother in this life, you know. Her name is Margaret, but they called her Kitty. That's so cute. And so I had never physically met her. And that's what she came as, right? I love that. Because a lot of times these ancestral things can be a cluster of ancestors, mm -hmm. right? But it's represented by one. But she told me that she wasn't there for us to talk. Like she was there to give me what was on this paper and I needed to remember it. And so I literally just kept saying the ingredients because that's what was on the paper. Yeah. I just kept saying the ingredients over and over and over again. And finally, she told me to wake up. And when I woke up, I woke up literally saying the ingredients over and over and over again, the way that I was in the dream. Mm -hmm. And I wrote it down and I made it within a couple of days. Insane. Yeah. In a couple of days. Yeah. I can't even remember the dreams I had. That's so <laughs> impressive. <laughs> yeah, but if you had this dream, you would have remembered it because it was um, it was very literal. It was very fresh. It was yeah. very real. And it literally, like, I woke up from it. It wasn't like I was dreaming mm -hmm. it and then I just fell into a deeper sleep or something. It was like we were there together. It wasn't even like it was a dream, you yeah. know? But, yeah, and then I, I made it within a couple of days because I worked at Whole Foods at the time. And I started using it. And then four to five days in, everything that I was dealing with went away. Wow. That's how it happened. The idea that plant based feminine care was not something that was so readily accessible is so completely bonkers to me. Yeah. It's just this idea that you were able to put these ingredients together within a couple of days and solve the problems that you had clearly been struggling with is just That's crazy, right? to me. I'm so impressed. Thank you. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. It really is. 
At what point were you like, okay, this is a great solution for me. Maybe I should turn this into a business. Mm, straight away. Really? Oh, yeah. When I looked up and it was four or five days later, because I had BV at that time. And mm -hmm. it was like four to five days later. I don't remember how many, you know, I don't remember the exact day that it was on. And the odor that I had went away. The extra discharge mm. that I had went away. Like everything that was happening yeah. was happening in a big way. It was very apparent to you. Right, right, right. It was very apparent, right? And, you know, I know I use very descriptive words, but I think that it's important because this is things that humans go yeah, through. Yeah, of course. But yeah, like immediately I was like, I need to make this into a company. Like, this is what I do now. <laughs> I was just so grateful to be in that moment because in that moment, I thought about all the humans that I had connected with or read about or Googled or mm -hmm. tried a recipe that they had tried. In that, it was like I had an instant glimpse and I saw all of that at the same time. And that made me want to create something yeah. for humans that were having this issue, but also to be proactive and make it less about the issues and more about just taking care of yourself on a daily basis. You mentioned the forums that you mm -hmm. were searching in before. After the launch of your products, did you go back to those forums and share that you had found a solution and kind of market it that way? You know what's <laughs> funny? I didn't. Really? But I'm not a marketer. <laughs> right, for sure. That wasn't your first thought. I guess that's my mentality. <laughs> I was, no, that's good. That's actually a really good mentality. But no, I, I didn't. I just, I because really for a couple of years, I was just making it and giving it away, you know? Right. Uh, because we had to make sure that it didn't just work for me. We had to make sure that it actually worked for people, right? And that it wasn't too strong, that it wasn't too light, that, you know. Mm. And so that took time. I didn't just want to proclaim that. Right. Yeah. And mass produce something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. what, and even not even just mass produce it, but like I didn't want to proclaim that I had found a solution because I had to make sure that many people were having the same results that I was. You mentioned like the descriptive words to describe symptoms or just the, the body in, in general. <laughs> and that's actually something we noticed just like looking into the brand and looking into the marketing and social media specifically is it's an apologetic, it's female focused, and it's real. So that's clearly intentional. Tell us about that thought process and how you're working to have these real conversations with people around your products. Even more than like female focused, to me, it's human focused, you know? Yeah. Mm. Because not every human that has a vagina connects to femininity and not every person that was born as a man connects to their masculinity, right? So we try to be conscientious of those things because humanity is who we're serving, you know? Mm -hmm. There's so many things that can come into play, right? Like we want to be inclusive to all humans, whether you were born with a vagina, whether mm -hmm. you went through the change and got surgery and got your body the way that you wanted to, whether you have one and don't connect to it, whatever the situation is, we want to be able to make products for all humans. And so it's really important to us that we deliver from that place and don't make this about femininity. It's not that the root of it doesn't come from femininity because I'm a woman and I, right. you know, I claim that for myself, but I'm also aware that not every human is like me. <laughs> I don't want to not communicate to everybody. So it's just really important to us that we are a human first brand and that we deliver on that promise. I love that. And tell us a little bit about the response to that. Have you had people, you know, come out and say, thank you for recognizing me mm -hmm. and all types of people. What has that been like for you? It's actually come both ways. 
(laughs) (laughs) I'd believe it. I'm not surprised. (laughs) Yeah. Like we've had people that are really grateful and appreciative. And then we've also had people that are like hardcore into whatever their beliefs are and feel the need to interject their opinion into the way that humans decide to live their lives. And so, so it it goes both ways. But for me, everybody should mind their business. (laughs) It's not for me to tell anybody what's going on with their body and how they should feel about it, especially if the humans that we're delivering that message to are not in the, I don't even want to call it the majority, but are not seeing themselves the way that most people would. I just feel that it's really important for us to try to be conscientious of that because you wouldn't want somebody to tell you about how you should be within your, inside of your body mm. and who you should be with and who you should love. So it's not for you to do that to anybody else, you know? Of course. Yeah. Coming out of the last year, the insanity around information sharing, be it false, true, whatever it is across the digital landscape, I'm sure has been crazy for you to experience too, not only as a brand, but as a person, you know, it just, I'm, I'm hearing the feelings as you're speaking about this kind of ringing true when it comes to just creating a sense of community, no matter who you are and being something that's all inclusive and all accepting. I mean, that's what we are. We're the human race, right? All the the terms of endearment and the what is your sex and what is your sign and what and mm. are you LBGTQIA? You know, I don't I don't know what all the you know the whole acronym because it's beautiful because it keeps changing, right? It's always evolving. It always evolves. Yeah, yeah. I'm a person that doesn't necessarily need words and titles because I feel like just like the trees and the mm-hmm. birds and the bees and the the dirt and the soil and the ocean and the air, everything that's here is organic to here. And so it's really important for us to connect to that vibration. I come from a frame of thought of everything is connected. Mm -hmm. With that same frame of thought, it's really important that, it's really important to me, I should say, that the culture and the foundation of our company comes from that place. That's beautiful. I'd love to hear more of that inspiration of what it was like when you saw your products and like held them mm-hmm. for the first time or saw them on shelves. Tell me more about that because I mean, bringing a, such a visual thing like a dream to life and then having something tangible is probably so cool. It's crazy even today. <laughs> yeah, you're at a team meeting right yeah. now, you know, like you have a whole group of people supporting right. you yeah. behind I mean, you. It's, it's bizarre, it's beautiful. I'm eternally grateful. There's nothing like seeing something that's been in your brain. And and we all do it, right? We all have goals. We all have aspirations. We all have things that we want to be tangible. And we all typically put in the work in some measure for the things that we want, whether that be a human that you want to connect to, whether that be a food you want to eat, Mm -hmm. whether that be a dress you want to buy. It actually is like the same energy to me, you know? Yeah. Because I truly want to make beautiful products for the vagina because I'm also the head of innovation and it really comes from that place. And so as special as it was when it first started in the very, very, very beginning, it's still as special as it is to me now. I'd imagine. I'd imagine. I mean, the elevator pitch that is beautiful things for the vagina. It sounds so powerful just as those (laughs) simple words. Yeah. Thank you. You mentioned you're also the head of innovation, and we were actually curious about product development in general. You know, it started as 
the recipe, I'll call it, that was given to you in a dream, and now there's all kinds of products. So what has that been like? Where is your inspiration coming from for these new products? Honestly, it's coming from having a vagina. Yes, <laughs> yes. And it's coming from paying attention. Yep. If something happens with my vagina, I really pay attention to if I get a UTI or if I get a yeast infection or if I get whatever, because like my coochie acts up too, right? Like don't think that <laughs> my vagina is like this gold standard, you know? Yeah. But I pay attention to what I do, what my methods are for myself. Mm -hmm. I have friends and loved ones that deal with things like endometriosis and fibroids and I hear them complain about their pads and they may be using the pads that we have now, but it's like, look, that's not heavy enough for me because I need more, right? If that was the inspiration behind the heavy flow pads. Like those heavy flow pads should be able to hold mm. blood for a human that bleeds for 14 days, right? A human that bleeds for 14 days yeah. and a human that bleeds yeah. for four days is a different type. It's different, you know? Of course. A human yep. that has endometriosis or fibroids and bleeds for 14 days, they could put on a pad and fill that within an hour. You know, this is a real thing. Yeah. And so it's just paying attention to that, you know, with our incontinence line that we just launched. When an older customer, and don't make me wrong, incontinence is not only an older woman's problem. Actually, the larger group of people who have incontinence are like from like 17 to like 30 or 25 or something like that. Yeah, because Damn, maybe they've had frequent UTIs, right? Maybe they've had a baby. Yeah. There's so many times that people just don't talk about it and they just live in silence, right? Yeah. But when I really started to delve into that or if I'm talking to a consumer that does happen to be an older woman, their first thing is, I don't use those products anymore. And it's like, well, yeah, you do. You wash your vagina every day, right? You may need to use a lubricant. Mm -hmm. If you have an incontinence issue, we have that, right? We have all these really beautiful products that are for all humans with vaginas, not just a certain age group. And so I really care about this stuff. So I'm really passionate sure. about it. You know what I mean? Of course, I can tell. Some people's creativity, like you guys work at an agency, right? Mm -hmm. Some people's form of creativity shows up in ads, right? Shows up in copy through photography, through artistry, right? Through painting. My form of creativity is in designing products. I've been doing this for many, many years and I'm really connected to it. And so it's hard for me to even put into words how that process happens. Right, right. And that's part of the reason why I'm so protective with my senses. What I look at, what I hear, you know, I have to keep my environment in a certain way. Like I have to be very protective of that because I have to create. Like it is my whole job to create, but my creativity shows up in products that have to show up on a shelf that have to also be efficacious and clean and all these things. Mm -hmm. So I have to be very, very conscientious of how I live in my daily life because I really do this shit. And that does not come from just working with a chemist. <laughs> Yeah. Like a chemist is a part of it, but the way that it's been traditionally is it starts with me and then, you know, and then I work with my team and then we work with chemists and then it goes on from there. I love hearing this because we, we speak to a lot of people about, you know, their businesses and their different motivations. And I think you're the first person who's used that like creativity piece I as the is. driver yeah. for, mm -hmm. you know, the product development. And I feel like you, you said it exactly. Like, how do you put into words something that is just inside of you, like that, that creative bone? Yeah. Um, and I feel the same way. Yeah. With like the creative that I do, you know, at work, but I never really thought about it from a product perspective. So it's interesting to hear. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
I'd love to hear about the process. So you think of an idea, you have this inspiration for a new product. What does bringing <laughs> that to life look like for you? You pitch it to them and cross your fingers? No, I, so we're actually developing a process, but I basically go into my tool chest that is my mind Beautiful. and say, what what is it that is gonna be super innovative, but also super conventional version of that on the market, mm. right? Because we are a mass brand. Yeah. So it's very important that we make products that can sit at a mass level. So it's normally me looking at what is conventionally on the market and then saying, how do we create a beautiful version of that that can be marketed and scaled towards the mass market? And so it'll start with me thinking of what those options are and then me presenting it to my team. And that'll mm -hmm. be like my marketing and operations team. And then using the data because a lot of data goes into it. And then based on the data that's currently on the market for the segment that we want to go into, we choose the most viable options. And then I might like have a list of ingredients that I want to that I I'm not making the formula per se. But I'm saying, hey, I want these 10 things or these five things have to be in there. Yeah. Right. And then it's going to our chemist and then the chemist helps to design a formula or a format. And then we kind of have to do this back and forth with trying it and seeing what works and seeing how it lathers and feels and or whatever. And then and I'm going through this really fast, but then you have to go into micro testing mm -hmm. and then all these, you know, a bunch of stuff has to happen. And then the other thing that has to happen is we have to pitch those things to retailers and you know, so it's a process, right. man. <laughs> it can take like a year. I was going to ask if you're still trying the first batches of these things yourself. Oh yeah. There's nothing that we make that I have not tried. Amazing. And also another thing that goes into it is like going to the manufacturing facility, walking around, seeing their process. Yeah. Because yeah. everything can't be made at the same place. That sounds so cool. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know. That feels like my favorite part of the process. Yeah. Getting to see how it happens, the peek under the hood, if you will. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really cool. You mentioned the retailers, and one of the things that I wanted to bring up was specifically around the Target commercial that I know everyone has seen. And I imagine a lot of good came from that, as well as some, you know, challenges. Mm. What was that like for you? I mean, because I feel like it probably opened up a whole new world of criticism. So tell us about that. The thing that brands have to realize is that the world of criticism is open. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't matter if there's a scandal or a rumor or, you know, if everything's going wonderful or if everything's going bad. When that shit wants to happen, it will happen. It'll find a way. Whether it's good or bad, and you have to be aware of that. That's what the invention of social media does. Where back in the day, you would have had to have went to just the Bitter Business Bureau mm -hmm. or actually sued somebody or done something like that. Now somebody can just take it straight to social right. and forget about it. So if anything, that situation made me more humble mm -hmm. and also made me understand is that anything can happen at any time and you may not be ready and it made me have a respect for understanding what I can control and what I can't yeah and the thing that I think is most important is just remaining cool through the process because no matter what it has to be okay right and if it's not okay we have to find a way to make it okay yeah. and so if anything that's what that thing taught me and I didn't even realize because I had been doing a lot of self-work mm. leading up to that I didn't even necessarily realize the fruit of the work that I was putting in for myself and my mind and my body and my soul until the, all of those things happened. It was nice to experience because it kind of showed me that 
I thought that I was just doing this work for me, but I was doing this work not only for me, but I was doing it for the brand and I was doing it for my own protection because had that happened a year or two before, I would have reacted in a completely different way. Yeah. Anything that can happen when you're in business will fucking happen. <laughs> you have to, you know, and you got to be ready and you have to be ready for the fact that sometimes you're not going to be ready. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a big piece of it. It's so unexpected. Yeah. And that is the art of this. You're constantly going to be in situations that you don't expect. And the key in that is don't expect shit. Yep. <laughs> you know, I mean, definitely didn't bank on a global pandemic last year. Exactly. Nobody, nobody did. Yeah. And guess what? A lot of things changed. Mm -hmm. A lot of transitions happened in life and death, but we're still here. We talk about the art of the pivot a lot with our clients. Mm -hmm. That's kind of been the word that we've really been using as an agency and we talk about it a lot on the show too when it comes to just being able to be savvy enough to make changes when necessary but also stay strong when necessary and mm -hmm. be comfortable with change and being able to pivot at a moment's notice in this digital first age is so so important mm -hmm. and a lot of times it's easier said than done for brands but I mean yeah. you even talk about the work personally too like mm -hmm. the art of the pivot as a human being sounds so difficult. Like I can't even do that. That's so scary to me. <laughs> you can do it and you do it all the time. You just see it happen in scenarios that you don't mm. really think about. And you said something about being strong when you can. But I think what's also important is to understand that you do not have to always be strong. Oh, I've been telling them that. <laughs> you know, you don't have to always be strong. You don't have to always have the answers. You do not have to be perfect because that does not exist. And I think that we all pivot. We all have places where we excel in. And it's typically in the places that we don't think that we excel in, that we think that we're not able to be strong or we're not able to pivot. But you are able to because you've managed to survive up until now. Yeah. You can't get to this moment if you didn't figure out how to pivot. I needed to hear that. Thank you very yeah. much. Well, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Is there anything else you want our listeners to know? Something coming up for the brand or just any last words of your wonderful wisdom you've given us? No, just, you know, give yourself grace. Be okay with accepting yourself the way that you are. That's enough. Thank you. Jen, she really gave you the feels. All the feels. I don't know. It just hit me really hard. Listening to her speak was so inspiring. And you can tell how passionate she is about just like creating authentic products that would help humans. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I brought this up in the interview, but it's inspiring me in future interviews to ask more about what motivates people to run their business, to continue their business. Like I want to learn more about the motivations. It's such a good question. Where that energy comes from. I mean, we talk a lot about the motivations behind a consumer and how that yeah. correlates to social. It's interesting, like hearing it from the owner's perspective, totally. who isn't as immersed in the marketing and social media day to day yeah. as we are. But yeah, I really loved talking to her. Okay, so moving into the account we want you to follow this week, it's Billy. And Billy is a direct-to-consumer razor brand that honestly, I canceled my Dollar Shave Club membership and I'm gonna join Billy just because of their Instagram alone. Wow, I had no idea, that's news to me. Yeah. Well, I loved Billy because they did that blue A. It was like a blue wine yep. and it cost more than, or sorry, it cost less than rosé and it was all about the pink tax. But right now for Pride Month on their Instagram, they're releasing these stories that play off the tales of Rapunzel, Snow White, Cinderella, and the Little Mermaid and are illustrated by members of the LGBTQ community. 
Um, and they are rewriting the classic fairy tales with a more inclusive spin. Yeah, I love this. There's a quote from their CEO that really says, fairy tales shape us from such an early age. And it's so true because we really need to retell those stories to be way more inclusive than they currently are. Yeah, so the one that they posted the other day was Rapunzel. And the hair coming out of the window is armpit hair. (laughs) It's hysterical. And she's not waiting for a prince because she's hella gay. That's what it says. Amazing. So go follow along and check out the rest of the fairy tales that are rolling out this month. That's all we got for you. Have a good one. All the social ladies, 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 all the